0: got a deer with a dull knife. We all know how much that sucks. So um, take a look at the Razor Pro Saw Combo Kit and uh, head on over to OutdoorEdge.com and enter the discount code NATION30. That's NATION30 for 30% savings on your purchase.
1: Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your hosts, Nate Thomas and Micah Winstead.
2: How are you, my friend?
1: I'm doing good. Andy is probably kicking himself that he can't be here tonight. Yeah,
2: he's going to be jealous of this one for sure.
1: We are uh, excited for today's episode. Um, we're, we're just going to hop right into what we're going to be talking about. It's an a, a r- information-filled podcast. Yeah, a lot. And well, I knew I'm, we were going to
2: get it. And we could have went on, and like we were said, we could have gone for another three four hours i mean he's full of knowledge but we had returning guests i wasn't able to make it to the episode that he was on before but uh scott your buddy scott wilper yep so, scott wilper comes on with us today to talk about
1: basically tips and tactics uh on on turkey season that's coming up here in a few yeah. weeks
2: once this releases i would call him a professional turkey hunter no uh, doubt yeah, yeah. He, he definitely knows his way around the birds and stuff and he goes through different scenarios. He Gives us some calls and talks about that and all sorts of good information. What I like about listening to a guy like Scott
1: is he's been there and done it. Mm-hmm. So all the things that he tells us are from experience. You know, there's a lot of really good turkey hunters out there, and they all have different experiences. And if and if I were a young hunter or a hunter like me that sucks at turkey hunting, I listen to people that are better than me.
2: Mm-hmm. And he's doing – I mean – it's not like he's got hundreds of thousands of acres or anything he's doing it in 10 acres 20 acres you know i mean he knows what he's doing so yeah yeah
1: so um we're gonna have a lot of fun today um so i hope you enjoy the show before we get into it uh we'll talk about one of our sponsors alps outdoors um shout out to alps shout out to alps (laughs) we just last week did a a giveaway
2: yeah so congratulations Um, to the winners there yeah to the
1: the winners one uh that one um they should be getting their stuff. they got, uh, let's see, an EDC Ghost 30-pack,
2: which I wanted one of those, man. I wish we should have kept one.
1: <laughs> um, they got an awesome Alps hat and a T-shirt. Yeah. And there was a winner on Instagram and Facebook. So, yeah, so um,
2: thanks for thank you, Alps, for providing that giveaway for us. Uh, we really appreciate it, and I know our listeners appreciate it too. We wanted
1: to do a uh, turkey season giveaway, and I guess it's a good thing, but they are inundated, and they just don't have anything right now. I
2: mean, yeah. I mean, they're – selling out they are, they didn't have anything in stock so we can't yeah. help that you know they can't help that you know I, i'm sure they've just sold that many and so good on them for doing that and i'm sure covid and that's stuff's got everything slowed down yeah. too on production but anyways we really appreciate alps and uh our partnership with them so yeah but so
1: if you're looking for other stuff check them out alpsbrands.com yep and they got all kinds of cool stuff um but anyways enough of that let's get into this show gobble 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 (laughs) (laughs) i
2: can't do it like he can
1: (laughs) this is the missouri woods and water podcast i know you guys are waiting to hear the show start but we got something to tell you
2: yes so It's just, we're going to call it a bonus round.
1: That's what we're going to call it. Yeah,
2: we have our episode, but before we get out, don't cut off, because I know sometimes everybody's, oh, well, the show's over, I don't need to listen to what they're saying. Make sure you stick around for a few more minutes. We got an extra little tip for you guys that we thought was really cool, and that we wanted to make sure that we put on this show for you guys. So make sure you stick around and listen a little bit longer. Yeah,
1: We, we got done recording, we got to talking with Scott, he did something that we had to put back on the show, so... You're going to get a bonus.
2: Yeah, it's nothing crazy. So I don't stop listening. Yeah, just just giving you guys a little heads up. It'd be in your best interest to stick around a little bit longer.
1: All right, so I know you're ready for this. So let's get into let's it. Let's do it. With us today, we're excited to have a returning guest, a friend of ours, Scott Wilper. Scott, how's it going, buddy? Doing good. How are you all doing? Good to see you again. Yeah. Uh, so anybody who hasn't listened to, gosh...
2: I think it was like 12 or something. Or was it even that much? Maybe not. I don't know. It was but one of our very I first I remember episodes. it dropped in May. Whatever. I think it dropped in well, May. Well, then it was one no. of our very first.
3: Third or fourth one, I believe.
2: That's Maybe. what I thought. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs>
1: to put a bow on this, we had Scott on our show and right when we first started this podcast yeah. last I, year.
2: I missed that one. I was pretty upset You, about you it. did. But thankfully, I get to come to this one.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, with us today is our, our buddy Scott Wilper of uh, Wilper Custom Calls. And um, we're gonna talk about some turkey hunting. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Going to be hearing a lot of different calls. Yeah, tonight. it's gonna be a fun show.
1: I hope I hope all the stuff we do in this show today it it comes through on the speakers well. Yeah, because or on the microphones well, uh, because we're gonna go through some some tactics, some tips. Scott's gonna talk about, gonna do some different calling and and ideas or things that he uses when and when he turkey hunts and. You know, full disclaimer, Scott's not pretending like he's the best turkey hunter in the world, but I'm looking at the wall behind me and, and I think he's done pretty well for I think for he's himself. done all right for himself. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: how many birds did you say you've got you're you're at? Well uh,
1: he he's already got a grand slam.
2: Yeah, but how many total did you say? No, you know. Well Enough? Fifty. Fifty. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty darn good.
1: So uh so that's kind of what we're gonna do today, but before we get into it, um somebody some people might not know who you are so introduce yourself and um tell us a little bit about wilper custom calls too before we get going
3: well scott wilper and uh wilper custom calls is just a uh, the company i've kind of started me and my wife did in 2000 i think it was 2011 or so 2012 and uh, just started building turkey calls box calls i've uh, been a carpenter my whole life and uh why am I buying these when I can make them? right and of course 15 of them went 15 of them went in the trash because I couldn't get a sound out of them but <laughs> uh, yeah there's a big time art to it and uh, they just gotten better and better and better and uh, started selling them so uh, it just helped us out for vacation money and things like that so um, but yeah build them right here one at a time and it's it's not about the money. It, it's so cool hearing the stories and the passion. Um, uh, that's what makes me want to build them is the passion. I just heard a story two weeks ago, you know, there's, there's one or two every year that move me. And I just heard one, uh, like I say, two weeks ago that it is pretty moving. And that's why I build them. And that's, that's kind of how it all started. But, uh, this, this guy bought a call and I wrote on the paddle, can I get an amen? (laughs) I write something every call I build's got something written on it, and it's just to to move people right anyway, he was in the woods, uh took a, a kid along with him, a troubled kid having a hard time and uh, uh this was last year and he 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 called on my box call, gobbler went off and he turned and looked at that kid he turned that call upside down where i wrote wrote on that paddle and he said, Can I get an amen?" <laughs> And that changed that kid. I he, bet. he can't get enough of it. I've actually mailed the kid a call now, and uh, that's all he wants to do. He wants to hunt. He wants to turkey hunt, and he's staying out of trouble. And you know, but that's kind of how we started. And it's just it's it's awesome building calls for people to you know, you never know what another person is thinking or doing or, or yeah. what's going uh, on in their lives. You know, right. So, um,
1: well and of course the first time we um, uh, recorded together um, you had just got done donating two of your calls to a uh, to an auction for a friend of mine who passed away um, before that that's right and we come out and talked about that and talked about um, it was after the thing had already been done but we talked about you doing that and you know those are the sorts of things that you enjoy getting to do as part of uh, this business. Hell we're we're doing another um donation for um the first annual, which is gonna be over by the time this this episode comes out, but the first annual Bags for Bernie Cornhole Tournament that a, a friend of mine is putting on. Scott and I are uh or Scott and us are donating some really cool items uh for that and it's cool to be able to get to do those things. But so yeah we we only got to record unfortunately last year after turkey season was over right. and from that day i knew we got to talk to scott again before turkey season in 2021 yeah, we, got, we got to do it right <laughs> this time <laughs> so people can kind of help get themselves ready and uh but i'm ready now <laughs> <laughs> in the meantime you had a heck of a uh 2020 um it, over the summer and, and through the fall we kept in contact obviously and yeah we yeah. both had good years deer hunting yeah, had a real good year this so year. So that passes the time. That's always nice. Oh yes. <laughs> um, yep. so let's just kind of get into it. Yeah. Um, all right. So obviously, turkey season when when this show comes out will be. Hell, when will it be? It'll be basically a week from Tuesday coming up. So not not far from today that the day that we're recording this. Um, so it'll maybe be a two weeks before right, turkey right. season just starts. Two
3: weeks before here in Missouri, and. Uh,
1: so we're gonna basically talk about what you like to do. At the beginning, as the season's going, you know, um, you told a story last year about that one bird that kept giving you hard time, and you know, yeah, how how you might change as the season goes. But um, off the bat, I'm guessing before season starts, you're doing quite a few things. The days or weeks leading up to,
3: yes, yes, I have day. a lot of, I have a lot of cameras out and then uh you know coming home from work it's as simple as going going home the back way you know i come home from work today going home the back way mm-hmm. and just uh i've seen a gobbler cross the road 200 yards up from my driveway uh just because i came home the back way but i'm always looking for him uh a lot of scouting and for the next two weeks from a from now till season. All of your clocks agree with us. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we've got some <laughs> clocks going off here. Yeah, for the next two to two weeks or so here before season, I really start scouting really hard. Uh, not by vehicle, but just a thermos of coffee. Mm-hmm. And uh, I go to my the three locations that I can hunt, and uh, a thermos of coffee, and I'll just sit out there and listen. And then usually birds roost, you know, they'll, if not the same tree... Right. A lot of times that does happen. Is they like a, a favorite tree, but they'll roost in in a general 50-yard, 75-yard area. area location. So, you know, I just listen, and, and that's big. Get you some coffee, go out and listen, and find out where their roosts are. <coughs> I mean, that, that's big to begin with right there, knowing mm-hmm. you can have all. You can have a $1,000 gun and a $600 blind and $300 worth of turkey calls, and all this camouflage and you're you're fifteen hundred dollars in debt here and you're gonna go out and kill a bird and you can have the best stuff in the world. It doesn't do any good. There ain't any birds there. You gotta know where the birds are. Right. Yeah. You know? And and that's that's big time is scouting. Yeah. preseason, and it it's as simple, anybody can do it. Yeah. Get you some coffee, get a chair,
1: go out, sit and listen. So what do you do, and I might be jumping the gun here, but I'm thinking about one of the properties that I have the permission to hunt on. Uh, have I've never seen a turkey there in my life. Well, a few months ago, turkey started, before I pulled my car or my cameras for the, the winter, mm-hmm. um, turkey started showing up on camera. And towards the end of deer season, they started showing up. Uh, They're in their winter flock. So never seen them before, and I'm about 95% certain where they're coming from but i know that there's almost zero chance that they're roosting where i'm hunting what do you do in that situation i mean do you do you hope to find out if they're roosting close enough to where you have the permission to hunt and so that you can draw them in
3: yes that yes at that point in, in, a, in a farm like that uh, them can be tough farms to hunt they got to roost somewhere right you, they got to have trees uh, you know, if you got trees and some running a creek, some running water and some trees, they can hold birds. Um, you know, and it doesn't have to. You don't have to be a hundred acres of timber. Uh, just a thin thin tree line. Go out to Nebraska, loaded with birds. You know, Kansas. Yeah. Uh, it's just a lot of tree lines and a creek, so they got a roost somewhere. But then you're on that farm that, you know, I've got a hundred acres and there's 20 trees total on the whole hundred acres. <laughs> you know and there there's places like that but turkeys will visit that area because there's food there maybe it's a strut zone something like that but knowing where they roost at you're going to hear them on a good calm morning um, to get to your farm you know you set up on the wrong side of the farm you got to know where they're coming from so yeah they got to be roosting somewhere wherever you know your farm is at so yeah knowing that is is big
1: and i kind of got an advantage as far as one side of the farm there's it's impossible for them to be there because there's nothing there for them to be i know they're west of where i have the permission to hunt and i have a good idea where they're at but they could be 100 yards west or they could be 700 yards west Mm -hmm. that i don't know and i Unless I put them to bed or they're close enough where I can hear them gobbling yeah. of a morning, yeah. I won't know. Uh, so it's kind of one of them. I guess you go and hope hope they're there, right? Um, but it, it is it it is cool that they did start showing up out of nowhere, right? I I haven't seen a bird there ever, right? Since well that your out.
3: area might have had a real good hatch, hopefully you know yeah, you know overall Missouri's been down the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need a dry a dry spring, especially around egg time. But, uh, you know, a thunderstorm goes through, can hit my house, you know, and, and drop torrential rain, but five miles, just five miles. Makes a big difference. Makes a big difference. Yeah. They didn't get any rain. They missed three storms in a row, let's say, and I got hit three times in a row. So your area could have had a good population boost there, and that's why you're starting to see a few birds too. Yeah. So – um, you know there's different factors did crops change you know uh from a pasture to pasture ground to um you know crops yeah that's big time too things like that can also change change why they would come in there but uh, i would say a good a good hatch in that area it's got some to why you're seeing them seeing some now
2: mm-hmm. okay so let's go let's do it let's start hunting these things yeah let's start hunting <laughs> so day before opening morning you're probably going to go out that evening and put them to bed, right? Yes. So you probably got a few different spots that you would probably hit, correct? Yes. And then opening the morning, you've pinpointed your birds. What is your setup looking like? Like how close are you trying to get to that tree or within range or how are you setting up?
1: Especially before anything, you you have nothing's happened between you and these birds yet. So, right. you you know, opening, it's a clean slate for you, basically. Open day, right
2: Yeah, opening day. Yeah, you're ready. I'm to guessing go. you take that they're, different.
3: Yeah, they're uneducated. Right. Right. They're uneducated birds right now on day one. Yeah. And <laughs> they get smart quick. <laughs> <clears throat> but, yes, on, on morning one, well, anytime I hunt them, uh, 150 yards is what I try to set up on them. Okay. Yeah. You know, as the season gets a little later and there's a lot more foil, foliage on the trees and leaves and you know the bushes are greener, you know, I will push that on into 100 yards. But uh they see 10 times better than we do. They will see you before you see them. They're in the tree too. Uh you know, so I, I ne- any movement they're going to see especially early season. There's hardly any any cover. Yeah. So you know, I try to stay about 150 yards out and uh, do some locating with owl calls. uh, Is what I use mostly in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. Can you just come sit next to me? (laughs) Because I'm not going to do that with my mouth. (laughs) I just I love it. I love it. But you know, locating your bird. But again, you just you just tap Scott on the shoulder when you're ready. Go. (laughs) (laughs) But if you've done your homework. I don't you don't need to owl hoot. If you go out a couple weeks for season, drink some coffee in the morning, I already know where you're at. Mm-hmm. Generally, they are turkeys. You got to expect the unexpected, but generally they're going to be within 50 yards every single night of that spot. Okay. Undisturbed birds. Okay. So, uh yeah, to start the morning off and then uh you know, I'll set up 150 yards out early. As the season progresses again, you know, what direction do they usually like to go? I'll try to get in a little tighter, but I never get in under a hundred. I've been busted way too many times too many times to learn to not even do it anymore.
2: No Are you setting mostly up in fields to where they can come out and strut or is it just depend?
3: Well every farm's different yeah. uh, here in the area I'm in is uh you know it's mixed fifty fifty I would say um, where I'm at here up my farm up north is mostly all timber. Mm. So you know it all depends, but uh, yeah, they do like to get get down, get in a clearing. Doesn't have to so much be a field, but some kind of open clearing. They like to stretch their wings. They've been in a tree all night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know they want to stretch it out. So uh, you got to get started and then uh, start calling.
2: All right, so let's go through. Won't you? Which what do you? What call do you usually like to start out with?
3: When I when I start, the first thing I do is i will start with a slate call or glass pot call either one but i'll do soft tree yelps you you have got to put you're trying to fool this gobbler he lives every single day A, a gobbler has to win every day you only have to win once yeah he has got to beat sicknesses bobcats coyotes humans cars i mean just think about it from an egg to an adult, everything's trying to kill him. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's got to win every day. You only got to win once, so don't get discouraged if it don't happen right so off the bat. So you're telling me there's a chance? <laughs> there's a chance. That's right.
1: <laughs> That's a good movie. Oh yeah, I can I can picture Jim Carrey right now.
3: <laughs> I try to add so much realism to that. You're trying to fool this thing. I don't just sit there and yep yep yep. 15 minutes yep i mean i had i'm scratching the leaves uh, put as much realism into the situation to try to fool this gobbler to get him in range but i'll start out with a tree yelp usually i'll do three to four notes and you can just barely hear it and all it is is a yelp but it's a soft yelp it's called a tree yelp and i usually don't do that on a box call i'll do it on one of my slate calls or glass but just three little notes and all she's really saying is, I'm awake.
1: And it's that's first thing. You know, first thing. First legal light. That's the, kind of the first thing
3: you're doing. Yep. Just three three soft yelps. I might wait two or three minutes. Do it again. And on a calm morning, if the wind's not blowing, stuff like that, <coughs> they can hear. Gobblers can hear good. If he answers you, don't do any more. Okay. You just let him know where you're, you know, he knows where you're at.
2: Right. I've heard the turkeys, they're like experts at pinpointing where sounds come from. I mean, I've heard like you could call, you could wait 45 minutes and they'll be right there on your lap or
3: something like that. So I had a guy tell me a long time ago, and he is so, you know, I'm talking 20 years ago and I back his comment a hundred percent now after being in the game as much as I have. He told me that if you were in a hole, six foot deep in a hole, and this gobbler's, you know, three hundred yards away, and you made a call to him one time. If the gobbler was to do it, he would come. He know he can pinpoint distance and direction so well. If he were to come in, that he would come all three hundred yards and look down in that hole at you, and and that is how they can direction and so you know, uh, yeah, they are expert. Yeah. On that, yes, I agree, but. Yeah, just start off with a soft tree yelp. Kind of let him know you're there. You're telling him it's, it's called a tree yelp because I'm waking up. Mm-hmm. You don't come jumping out of bed screaming. I mean, you're moaning and groaning to the coffee pot. Right. It's the same thing. you got to think like that when you're calling the birds. But Yeah, I'll start out with a tree yelp and, you know, just three or four soft yelps. I'll do it a couple times and I'll wait. And then as the goblin starts heating up. I don't call to him. The next 15 minutes is hard. Because you, you want to do. You want to call. Oh, this is where everybody fouls up. <laughs> well, you you want to you keep calling.
2: You want that constant reassurance of, oh, he's still got one. Oh, yep. he's still gone. Still yep. got one. Still, still. Yep. Let him
3: gobble on his own. He's probably got hens around. There's an airplane going over. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. But I usually don't make a peep for the next 15 or 20 minutes. We're really breaking light hard now. He could be flying down within the, from now to the next five minutes or so, he's going to start flying down. Then I'll finally let out maybe. If I do, I'll let out one yelp, you know, or a series of yelps, I should say. And that, that's usually with my box call or, uh, or mouth call and box call at the same time. I'll even make it sound like there's two hens two. in there. But uh, just five minutes before, I think he's going to fly down. I'll let him know, hey, four or five faster yelps. That's kind of an excited hen call. You're you're just, I'm getting ready to fly down too. You're just letting him know I'm here. Then I don't say anything else. Let him fly down. If you keep calling to a gobbler that's in a tree, he will gobble and gobble. If he doesn't have hens. He'll gobble and gobble and gobble. And, and never do- come down. And never come down. For a long time, he won't. He wants you. He wants the hen. That's what Mother Nature's designed it. The hen, I gobble, you come to me. And I'm going to stay in this tree until I see you. Mm-hmm. And it's just getting daylight and daylight and daylight, you know, and all, th- all kinds of things. Let him hit the ground. And you can usually hear him fly out or you can see him in some situations. But when he's on the ground, then I'll let him have it yeah i start calling i start uh cutting doing a lot of the, i'm excited and i try to get him fired up you know um but that's kind of how i start start the mornings out but.
1: well and one thing i've noticed and i i'll get to it in a second but i want to i want to go back and ask you a question what is the reason that you choose to use your slate or your glass call first thing compared to one of your boxes it's just a little quieter you can control yeah
3: i can i can sound a uh, lot softer sweeter a little you know it's just like i said you wake up in the morning moaning and groaning to the coffee pot you're not trying to be loud and cutting and excited like that and usually you can get pretty soft with those w- with your pot calls and you can get soft on box calls too don't get me wrong but uh that's just kind of me yeah and it don't matter what you use you just want to do it soft right you know
1: but this whole time you are pretending to be a hen you have not done anything as far as
3: i haven't done much besides let him know that a hen has woke up and maybe a minute or two before fly down yeah it was what you heard Mm -hmm. you know i'm just gonna reassure him just one time with some yelps and then that's it you know um
1: and then the patience game
3: then the patience game now when he hits the ground that's when all kinds of scenarios can break out uh that's when the you got to get in this gobbler's mind. Is he with other hens? Um, if he's by himself, things like that. So, and then you start your calling. But I'll move to box calls and mouth calls. I'll run a box call and mouth call at the same time a lot. Like you said, two hens. So. Yeah. Are you what,
2: using any decoys? I was going to ask that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. In the morning, in the in the mornings, or I say mornings, the the first early part of the season, let's call it. I use a Jake and a hen okay uh and you know gobblers are they love to fight as much as they love to love <laughs> so you know a jake i can beat Jacob. Mm-hmm. you know so it ain't so much i'm in love and coming to your calling is, is i can beat that jake and take that in yeah so you kind of got two two cards in your favor here but as the season progresses i've all i've noticed I've been beat up. I've been kicked around. I've lost three fights, four, you know, half a dozen fights. And I've actually had a nice long beard several step out, and they don't want nothing to do with it. You're better off. It's just me. I like to run with a hen only as the se- later season. The last week, I just run a hen.
1: So you very rarely use, like, a strutter?
3: I don't. Yeah. I don't.
1: And I saw those, like, the, they've been all over social media lately for sale and stuff and, mm-hmm. and yes some of them my gosh they look yeah they look just like i might just shoot it <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs>
3: got one <laughs> and they work they work too right i mean i you know you hear the story that they fly down on train they see that full strutter and the, the guys paid the big money for it and everything and, I, and i'm not downing that that does and comes work right over to it and they come running in to whoop it yeah but i have had a lot i've used them i don't use them no more i they've come out i don't know 10 years ago they come out pretty hot hot and heavy then and I, you know i bought into the game and bought a couple and and they have worked for me so i'm not saying they don't work but you could blow the you could blow your ground out pretty fast you, you know i've only got three places i hunt and uh, one of them is 10 acres yep. the other one is i live on 20 and half of it's my house so i've got my back 10 i have small tracks small spots yeah you blow it you blow the game they're not stupid fool me once you know and uh fool me
1: twice well you're not gonna fool me
3: twice (laughs) yeah you're not gonna fool me twice it's not happening (laughs) we're really doing the 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 movie (laughs) things tonight so yeah it's just i i you know i've had so many gobblers that i've worked they're gobbling they're gobbling finally i see them and they step out and it's a long beard it, it is not a jake. It's a long beard. He's, you know, he's got a great gobble, and he sees my full strutter, and he'll just turn and walk the other way.
1: So those full strutters might be better for king of the hill. Oh, yeah. More than anything. So you it. get a you get a good, solid long beard come down, and, and you might the be domi- done with them. Yeah, the yeah.
3: dominant bird won't put up with it. Right. You're going to kill him with that full strutter all day long. But the four or five – the other Good four or five underneath. long beards that are underneath them in the pecking order, yeah. They're just going to turn and walk yeah. the other way. And I'll shoot any of them. <laughs> I'd shoot a Jake. <laughs> yeah. A lot of them will. And like I can say, turkeys expect the unexpected. But yeah. That, so I don't use them yeah. like that. And another thing I don't do is uh, it actually drives me crazy. I carry one with me. It's kind of a homemade fan. and Just a fan I've, I've put together and I've cut it in half where it folds. I can fold it out, but it, I, I'll use it if I get, if I come over the hill, you know, I'm binoc- I'm glassing with my binoculars, nothing, coast is clear. I do very, very little moving when I turkey hunt in a day's time. I won't move more than, than a hundred, 150 yards total. If, if, if it's a, one of them hard mornings, I'll, 50 yard moves. Yeah. Maybe two times, three times at most, and that's it. But if you're going out something like that or during your move if you get busted you pop over the hill there he is i'll i'll drop down and i'll throw that fan up and, and let him see it just to calm him down you know and pull it back down and then i'll actually try to roll to the nearest tree or bush and set up and start calling but you i'm just trying to calm him down so he don't run off but mm-hmm. i can't stand and it, it's I, it's fun it's cool but the new fanning that's going on, this new – Oh, where they have the – The new fad that's out, I don't know, it's been out six or seven years now. You see all these fans and these umbrellas and stuff. I get it. It is a rush. And where they hits. come
1: right up to you and then – Yeah. Yeah, I've seen those videos.
3: But it don't always work. And, again, you're going to ruin that farm for that season. You know, It's mm-hmm. not like totally ruined forever, but uh, you you fan some birds and it doesn't work. High risk – High reward, but also
1: a real low ceiling on something like that, mm-hmm. where you mess it up, and, and that's it not could be game over.
3: Right, that's to me. I mean, you're turkey hunting. Don't get me wrong. I guess, but if you're turkey hunting a bird, fool him at his own game by you know calling him in, making him love sick, trying to trick him that way. <laughs> but uh yeah, they don't even have turkey calls. They just buy a fan, and a lot of the guys I've I've seen on TV, they don't even wear camouflage. They're just hiding behind a big fan. <laughs> Well, that didn't work. We run that gobbler off. Let's go to another farm. You yeah. know, and you'll ruin your whole farm. It don't always work. Right. Yeah, very rewarding and pretty yeah. heart-thumping Intense. when it does. Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah. Looks but, good on uh, TV. <laughs> so the fan that I use is. And don't get me wrong. I try just, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I've done it. I've done it. And it, it's worked. But I've also messed up a couple gobblers. And i never seen them again. Yeah. You know, they'll move on.
1: So so going back to the the kind of the, the story we're painting so far, he's come down. you've kind of had that little back and forth with him. What happens if you so we were talking before we uh started recording? You're probably one of these guys too, but there's a lot of guys and gals out there that they gotta be at work at nine and yeah. so it's eight o'clock. He's come down. maybe they can even see him. Yep. and they see him start working away from him and me just because I'm impatient and I'm not a good turkey hunter I'd get up and, and go after him and i usually a hundred percent of the time fail right so what what are right. you doing in that situation are you just gonna attempt to keep speaking to him and if if he continues to work away are you just gonna say I'll get you another day
3: yes that's, that's how much I roll. What you do right just like the bird last year um that you know we did that in june when we did that on the story i was telling you that on the bird it was day day 11 i think i told you yeah, day 12 like day 11 or 12 i finally killed this bird <clears throat> but again i had to be at work by nine thirty you know and then some days i did push it to 11 i took a half a day of work right but uh because hens you know he's with hens he's with hens you can chase him down Nine times out of ten they're gonna see you before you see them. you're gonna blow it. you're gonna blow it and ruin it so yeah, on the situation where it's eight o'clock, he's answering me once in a while he's answering me, but maybe it sounds like he's moving away, or you actually like you said, you see them moving away, and that kind of deal, you know, I'll wait till eight forty five to the very last minute before I you know <laughs> just me to push it to the max. <laughs> And I I go out. I mean, I take the. You got to plan your your exit, plan your escape. I'll take the creek out, or or, you know, the brush line or the ditch, to get back to my truck. Leave them alone. Your farm's not ruined. Come back and you hunt them again tomorrow. You know, but you got every hunt. You got to ask yourself, why? Why did they go that way? I mean, I constantly every hunt there's a reason why he went that way yeah with the flock okay. if you can be set up in the direction they want to go anyway it's a lot easier to call them in yeah
1: which you may or may not have not have the power to do you know it uh-huh. might be a situation like they come down they start working away from you and away from you somebody else's farm mm-hmm. and so I okay I can't I can't go over there right so now you got to figure out how to get them your way so I'm guessing and you're this scenario we're we're kind of painting when they start working away from you what are some of the things you're doing call wise to attempt to get him to make an about face and start heading your direction
3: there's there's two ways to go about that and and it's all it's all trying to paint the picture like you're saying get in this gobbler's mind constantly ask yourself why and what why did he do that what's going on now and uh you know to better yourself as a hunter This gobbler is gobbling to you occasionally Mm -hmm. every 20 minutes. He doesn't answer you every time you call. You know, I only call, in situations like that, I only call 15 or 20 minutes, and it's just a few yelps. You don't need to keep screaming at him. But like you say, they can pinpoint direction. He knows where you're at. Mm -hmm. He can come down and look in that hole at you if he wanted to, so you don't have to scream at him. But I would call every 20 or 30 minutes. And, and I, call it, I call it a check. I'm checking him. I, I'm pretending I can't see this. You know, you can't see this bird. So, mm-hmm. I'm checking him. And all I'm going to do is let out. I'll let out four or five yelps. Just. Mm-hmm. And he answers me. Well, he hadn't moved. He still sounds like he's 150 yards away from me. And that's what he sounded like 30 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Why? That's the next thing you should ask constantly. Turkey hunting, and you'll start learning. Well, because he's probably with a hen. Why leave the real thing? To come to something go... squawking in the bush, I you know, one hundred and fifty yards away from me. Yeah. But then ask yourself again: Why did he gobble at me? What, She's yeah. not keeping him happy at home. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on is is he's giving you a courtesy gobble. That's what it's all about. He swipe is it, is he swiping right? <laughs> <laughs> what,
2: what's that on? <laughs> what's what's the weight one? <laughs> we'll be
1: like yeah. maybe here in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> right,
3: that's what he's saying. He's just saying, I hear you. I'm busy right now, but I'm here. I hear you. Okay. So that's a, that is basically a courtesy gobble, and I just checked him to see where he was at. So, and then again, I'll wait thirty minutes. 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and then I'll do it again. Now he even sounds farther away, you know. And usually a bird like that, if I can take a day off or maybe I have the day off, maybe it's the weekend Mm -hmm. and it's a great, perfect morning, you know, raining and windy and all that, I'm going to peel off and go to work. But if I think it might happen, I'll sit it out. that hen, he'll breed that hen and she will leave. Or maybe she's already been bred, and he doesn't know it, but, you know, he's tagging along for the game. He'll spin around. He'll be in strut and spin around. And usually but I've killed more birds between 10 and 1 than I have 6 and 10. I'd say 70% of my birds have been between 10 and 1. Wow. Really? Yes. Wow. That's because he spins around and strut, and then he spins back around. Well, where'd you go? She left. Yeah. Because... He did breed her, or she was already bred, and she's going to the nest to lay her egg, you know. So now he's by himself. Well, that call I've been hearing over in the bush sounds pretty good now, and he don't want to be. So that's why every 30 minutes she let out a a check, and then he he should gobble. 20 minutes goes, Well, man, he sounds closer. He's coming now, you know, and I'll just keep working him with the call. And uh, usually between 10 and 1, you'll kill him. So there's one way. The other way is if he's got, and then you got to have a hen to play along. But mimic the, hem, the hen. Mim- mimic everything she says. You can mimic a hen. but If she's, they're 100, 150 yards away, same story, we'll start again. She She's playing along with you. She'll yelp two or three times. Let's say she yelps three times. I'll yelp three times. You'll hear her yelp three times and maybe cut twice. I'll repeat her. Immediately? Immediately. Immediately. If she's playing this game, this is work. So are you attempting to piss her off? You got it. (laughs) Nice. And it don't matter what call you use. Use the call, you know, pot call, box call, mouth call. Use whatever you're the best at, but mimic her note for note. A dozen birds, I've a dozen, at least a dozen birds I've killed because I've made her mad, mimicked her every note, and then it's hard. That's one, two, three, five, six, seven, that was nine yelps. <laughs> you know, you don't have to be exactly perfect, right. but, you know, it wasn't two. Yeah. So she just did eight, nine yelps, and then there was four or five cuts, and then two more yelps. And, pff, I'll put it right on her, and she will get mad, and she will turn to come to check you out, and then guess who follows? There you go. That's smart. And as soon as he gets under 50 yards, you let him have it. (laughs) Because that hen will come all the way in, and I've had it happen dozens of times. That hen will come all the way in. She wants to fight you Mm -hmm. what's going on. You have made her so mad, she thinks she's atop the pecking order. She's going to come in and fight you. She's going to come in five yards of you. They get that close to you, they're going to bust you. Yeah. Right. And then game over. Right. So – I mean, enjoy the gobble and the scene and all this, but, man, when you're at 45, forty five 40 yards, you're done. <laughs> Game over. But, you know, so that's the second way to go about it. Either way,
1: you're being patient. Yes. Which is, I would guess, and maybe I'm wrong, but I would venture to guess a good portion of people listening to us, including me, I, I'm not patient. And that's probably why I, I'm a bad turkey hunter. Yep. I mean, I'm self-proclaimed, Scott self-proclaimed patience bad. <laughs> is big time yeah i mm-hmm. in turkey hunting i've never been able to be patient and that's probably
2: what's gotten me busted and that i don't hear that very often <laughs> no are, are you ever mimicking gobbles or anything like that are you ever gobbling out there
3: yeah i do gobble some uh again i don't on public ground i don't now now that i've got a few uh farms i can hunt i don't but on public ground, I won't gobble at all. Yeah, probably not. Because you'll bring in hunters. Oh, mercy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. When they hear a gobble, they're going to come running at you, you know.
1: Just uh, like I said, the guys like me are running <laughs> after him.
3: You're right. But I do gobble some. Uh, you know, you can read a bird. That's another thing, too. Uh, a bird's head, when it's totally red. I mean, just knowing your quarry is, is big. Their, their snud that's hanging down, and, and their color on their faces means so much. For a lot of people don't know this. It's just little things I've learned. Uh, I'm just I'm a turkey nut. I mean, 99% of turkey fans, they have 18 tail feathers. Did you know that? They do now. <laughs> Out of all my birds, I've had one bird that had 19, and I had another bird that's had 21 tail feathers. Just two of them everyone there, you know 99 percent of them are 18 tail feathers you just knowing your quarry is a lot of it when their head is beet red because it
2: changes colors right
3: it'll change colors yeah and you it, usually it's you know it's not like two seconds but you know within a minute they can totally change colors in their head a fully red head is usually aggress- aggression or mad or upset i'm wanting to you know he doesn't like my Jake decoy. I mean, I could see him from a hundred yards out. He's beat red, you know. He wants to. I think he wants to fight. You know, they love to fight too. So that would be a time I would gobble. You know, you can gobble on a box call. This is a twelve-inch long box I make, and you can just you can gobble on a, on a box call. You that Jake, you are not going to gobble in my field. This is you know I'm I'm the boss here. And that'll work. But knowing to god I knew to gobble because. His head was red. His head was red. Okay, right. If it's red, white, and blue. Or, or, you know, the white sometimes hard to see on the cap of their head. But, you know, red and blue, a lot of blue, and you'll see white on their cap. We're in love. <laughs> we don't care much about fighting. It's just love. So, <laughs> you know, play the game like you should. Do some calling, some clucking, some yelping. Play it soft. You know, he, he wants to hear the music. So reading a bird, their snood's the same way. When they're scared, usually when uh, you'll know, you know, say he's 40, 50 yards out and you're thinking, I want to get him a little bit closer, that he's starting to act funny. Their little snood will be three-quarters of an inch long, sticking straight up. Hmm. That's a sign of he's a little weary. He doesn't like the situation. Something's up. He's figured something out. Something ain't cool here. But when they're totally relaxed and in love and everything's just peachy perfect here, that thing's all hanging down three inches past their beak and hanging down. So, you know, reading a bird like that's big time.
2: Yeah. I didn't realize that their Snood changed the size. I didn't know. Oh, that
3: yeah.
1: Yeah,
3: within a
2: matter of a minute. I knew the color. I knew the. Co- I knew their heads changed colors, but I didn't. Yeah, Have so many jokes I wanted
3: to say. Right <laughs> now. I don't, I don't yeah, me blood. too. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. I was kind of thinking of, come on, we got to keep this clean on the radio. Keep it PG. <laughs> PG rated here. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so, first time hunter go out. He's going out there. What or, and you could pick how many. How many calls does he need to be proficient at? What's one thing that he needs to master? Is, is it the cluck? Is it the you know the chirp? What what would you say would be the top three calls he needs to get good at before he goes out there? A
3: half of a turkey hunter's skills, half of it is woodsmanship. Okay, fifty percent of killing a turkey is, is knowing where they're at, doing your pre pre season scouting with a cup of coffee, uh, you know how to get in and out without getting busted. I mean, I hunted that bird for 12, I, I let two gobblers go that anybody in this world would have shot. Mm-hmm. I'm talking 20 pounders, 10 inch beards, uh, you know, one inch spurs. That's I let it. them go. Cause I didn't want to ruin that property. It was after that specific bird, that, mm-hmm. that double bearded inch and a half spurred. Oh boy. Frustrating <laughs> day 12. I got him. You know how I got him mimicking the hen. Okay. Just like I told you. Yeah. And it was a 30-minute ordeal. I mean, I, I had to it – was, it was nuts. You know, every five minutes, every five minutes. I was repeating, finally, you know. What are you doing, with, though, if um, – so everything we I talked about – I got off about, on a rabbit hole there. Oh, that's okay.
1: <laughs> but everything we talked about, you know, you mimicked a hen or, you know, you, you read his read his Yeah, try his to read the goblet if you can see him. Try and to so read so you might be able to uh, mm-hmm. gobble – what about those situations, and you kind of showed us some stuff before we uh recorded. What about those situations where he's not giving you courtesy gobbles?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, He doesn't give a shit about your Jake, it right. seems like. Or you, maybe you can't even see him. He's right. still moving off. Do you do anything like with the... You told us about crows earlier before we recorded. Is that a thing you're using... During hunting time, or are you using crow calls to maybe locate them to put them to bed of an evening? More than anything,
3: the crow calls I'll use uh, while hunting. while hunting, and and a lot of people when they do crow call, you know, ten, you know, let, let's say that bird's he's moving on. Mm-hmm. Let him go. Go hunt another bird. Right. You know, he's probably more than likely. They are expect the unexpected. That bird isn't going to mess with you for two hours. So if you have the opportunity or the area and lucky to have the land to do it, move over the hill. Go hunt another bird. Mm -hmm. But take the crow, use the crow call to try to locate one. And um, yeah, like I was telling you before we we started recording, uh, when you blow a crow call to try to get a gobble, you're locating so you know where to move and set up. So many people will blow on the call, you know, five or six, seven uh, times straight, and that gobbler goes off, but you can't hear it. You can't hear it over yourself making that crow sound so much Well, they didn't gobble. And in reality, he probably gobbled once and sometimes even twice. And And, you you were busy. You were busy. Yeah, having a buddy with you is great. Make him stand 10, 15 feet away from you when you do that. And usually he can hear it while you're doing it. But the way I'll get around that when I'm by myself is I'll hit hit the crow call just one time. And I'll pause for three seconds. Usually they'll gobble right after that first note. Pause for three seconds, then continue with two or three notes after that. And uh, that's how you can hear it. But it'll kind of be like this. I don't know how that come out on the on the speaker. Yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, but we'll find you, out. you give him, it gives you time to hear him. Give, exactly. That's all you're doing. Instead of just 10 right. se- straight
1: seconds of crow calling and he gobbled at you and you don't know it.
3: Right, right. I'll just kind of do one real long, hard blast. You don't want to pause for 30 seconds. You're just pausing. Usually he'll go, it's a shock. You're shock gobbling. He's going to go off like you were saying earlier, that clap. But yeah. The pet turkey made yeah. him go. On. That one first note—that's a hard blast. Ninety percent of the time, the gobble's going to come right after that first note. Ninety percent of the time. So that's why I'll pause three seconds, then hit three or four more, and then that way you can hear him on your own. But if you got a buddy with you, yeah, push him off about ten feet; he can hear it. But going back to your, my three favorite calls as a beginner, uh, uh, you know, woodsmanship's is half of it. Uh-huh. knowing where they're at yeah and, and and a lot of times they like to go in a general direction every single morning they and well four days in a row they went that way so on day five go set your blind up and go set up that way but they are turkeys <laughs> the, the, the day you do that they go the other way so yeah. uh but you know you gotta to you know but yeah a box call a box call is a great call uh, uh to learn for a beginner. To, to get some simple yelps. Uh, the mouth call I think and this is all my opinions. Mm-hmm. everybody hunts turkeys different. you know I don't, I don't have no book or, or, or you know you expect the unexpected and they win 364 days a year they win yeah and the day you kill him, 365 the one day you kill him well he won the three other 364 times. so you know nothing I'm saying is golden here. Wait a minute. I've been waiting to say
1: this for an hour. What was all that one-in-a-million talk? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh, I
2: love it.
1: Again, again. So you're telling me there's a chance? (laughs) Uh.
3: Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Well,
1: and I mean, you know, the box call and the slate call, for me, that's pretty much all I'd be using because I I shouldn't. Should I put this out there to our listeners? Am I going to get made fun of?
2: The fact that you can't use a diaphragm call? I can't use a diaphragm call.
3: Well, a lot of people can't.
1: I got a yeah. severe gag reflex, and those don't work very well with me. <laughs> I got a joke. <laughs> We're going to keep it PG. <laughs> uh, yep. You should have seen me when I first started elk hunting trying to – how much money do you think I spent on oh, a
2: lot. diaphragms? I don't know. Probably close to 60 bucks, 75 bucks, maybe. In one setting. <laughs> really? Oh, More I, than that? I, I bet I
1: bought over a dozen different ones. Oh, I didn't realize. Trying that, to get dude. one that I could tolerate. No. Yeah. It's just not going to happen for me. Right. So, right. you know, the box call, I think, especially for a beginner, like one like your pocket rocket, mm-hmm. do you think that would be a little easier to, to learn on than yes. maybe one of your larger ones?
3: A, a single-sided call is, uh, you know, the like this pocket rocket. The mm-hmm. name, the name is, says it all. It's a small call, fits in your pocket, but it's single-sided. So it's going to be a lot easier to learn and use. Than a double-sided. But you can do, there's advantages to each of them and disadvantages. You can only do so much on a one-sided call. You can do more on a double-sided call. And then I got the 12-inch long box. You can do it all on a 12-inch long box. Anything a turkey can do, you can do it on that. But the disadvantage is is it's 12 inches long. You got to pack that thing around. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I got to get my mind out of the gun. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we better just gobble that one. <laughs> yeah, everybody's different. I mean, come on here. <laughs> I, I think that
1: would be, you know, big is how Well, and what's this other call that you showed us by the way? When we first started the uh,
3: Oh, you haven't seen this one. This is a new one. This is a new, like I say, there's so much here. We can go oh, on hell, for that's hours. Not even,
1: that's not even this one here. You'll have that's to tell us about this one after. Right,
3: right. So what we've got just to kind of, I know the viewers can't see all see this. Is, I've got several calls here laying here. I've got a scratch box. These have been around. They're as simple as you can get. And they have been around for 100 and plus years. And then I've got box calls, miniature calls, uh, slate call, glass call. Uh, you know, there's. And, I'm, and diaphragm calls here, but uh, yeah, to answer your question, finish that up real quick. To me, a box calls the easiest to learn and you got a chance to kill a turkey as long as you can perfect just a simple old three or four note yelp. And you doing that every fifteen, twenty minutes, I, I mean, it can happen. It can happen, okay, right, right. So I think a box calls the easiest you know a glass and slate calls a little bit harder and by far the hardest would be the diaphragm Uh, but again practice 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 i don't know how this will sound in the speaker but learning to run a box call and a mouth call at the same time Mm -hmm. now you're telling that gobbler there's two of me over here yeah two different ladies but
2: which that always sounds better
3: (laughs) i love my wife (laughs) she's my queen (laughs) you're running two calls there at the same time you got two ladies over there to convince him to come in but uh, yeah mouth calls is is the hardest and like you said if i had them i would i would have a thousand dollars i have i have about six mouth calls that i like and i have tried 200 of them yeah in the last 15 years mm-hmm. you know and that's
1: it, it can become an uh almost an addiction I mean, even after I spent all that money on the elk calls on the diaphragm ones, then I spent a bunch of money on external diaphragms Which that I like, didn't like. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I bet I got four or five bugle tubes that are never going to get used again because once I got it, there's certain things I didn't like about it and got, got a different one. Oh, I like this one better. Yeah. I mean, it can become a yeah. problem. Well, Just like anything else in the hunting industry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's for sure. Uh
3: but tell us about this little guy here. This is just a uh, call. I actually made it made it for the show 10 years ago, and it caught on. Uh, you know, Dad, it's all about selling money down at the show. Your booth costs $1,400. That's a lot of calls just to break even and come back home. So right. Dad walks up, and he wants this $70 call. And you got the youngster here pulling on Dad's shirt. I want one too. I want one too. <laughs> well, it's hard for Dad to pop on two calls. Plus, we're gonna go out to eat, and we gotta have gas money to get home. Blah 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 blah. So, I made some little calls. So you know, for twenty bucks, well, I'll I'll buy Junior one of these. That way, he can have fun playing it, and they're yeah. cute. Yeah, I mean that's right. a neat little thing. Yeah. Right, so. You know, and the kid gets one, he's happy, as long as he's making a sound like dad is. So that's kind of why I made it. But what happened is twofold here. I made this thing, and again, a lot of trial and error. These are the two wood combos I can get to work, and I've thrown 25 of these in the trash. But this call is the perfect, I named it the Lil' Kiki. (laughs) because of the kiki key key sound in the fall the young hens and that when you're fall hunting mm-hmm. and they'll do it in the spring too i've killed some gobblers working the kiki key key call in the spring but this little call is perfect for kids but uh, believe me i've sold 50 of them to adults yeah because it it's it's it makes the little kiki key key, which is the, one of the hardest sounds to make on a box call but
2: real high pitched
3: yeah that's what a young, a young hen. And it's foolproof. Yeah. You don't have to do anything special. You can do the kiki key key on a 12 inch long box. Here's my favorite up in the contest in Iowa. Mm-hmm. This is what I use to do that. Uh, again, you can do so much on 12 inch long box uh, for yelping, cutting, uh, gobbling, but the kiki, kiki run. So the little kiki call was just for kids to have something to squawk on mm-hmm. turned out to be an awesome key you know make the key key off of a box call that's foolproof but here it is on a 12 inch long box and that's key key run uh, but it, basically key key run is, is i'm searching for mama you know she he she or him's calling out for, mama. It's a key key call. But mm. yeah, that's that's what the little one is. And then a scratch box. Might as well hit it real yeah, quick. That, that, this call here was. These were made a hundred plus years ago. It's just simply a small box of wood, and you hold a peg in your hand and strike the box across the peg. They call them scratch boxes. Scratch box. That was yelping and cutting that I was doing there.
1: You can oh. almost hear the hollowness in that box.
3: Yep, that's a that good sound rollover. going up into it. Right, that's yeah. a rollover yelp. And that's what you're looking for when you're calling is a rollover yelp. You can hear it in this. In the, well, we'll use the nine-inch call. You'll hear it. E You want to start off high and come down low, uh, especially for beginners using a box call. Going back to that too. When you're any box call, not just mine, there's a center point. The box call is radiused. So there's a center point, and you're going to play just forward. Your first part of your note will be forward of center. That'll be the higher, yee, and then when you go past the breaking point towards the back half, that's when you're going to hear the
0: ew. ew!
3: And you can hear it high, low, high, low, yeah, it yeah, drops off. But uh, and that and that's what a beginner needs to practice. Find the breaking point. You'll start a little before the breaking point, and then bring it past it. So that that's that's great. And as long as you can yelp, you got a chance at killing a bird. If you can yelp and throw in fifty percent of wisdomship,
2: yeah, you, got a dead you bird. can kill it, something.
3: Yeah, you can kill something, right? Picking up the little tips and tricks and the do's and the don'ts. And, you know, I don't move much. And what are you saying to that gobbler? And patience, like you say, you know, getting percentage more on your side. Yeah. To be the guy that's coming back with a gobbler every time.
1: Listening to Scott Wilper on the Missouri Woods and Water (laughs) podcast. (laughs) It is amazing, by the way. I know we've said this before, how closely, to me, related turkey hunting and elk hunting are. I know. I mean, a cow call, high, low just yeah. it's a, it's the same you know it's mm-hmm. it's just crazy how how similar they are understanding
3: the language yeah right mm-hmm.
1: but uh well thanks for coming i mean this is a lot of great information i i've got all kinds of things that i learned that i'm hoping to use this year um to be able to i think honestly the biggest thing i took away from listening to Scott today was patience yeah you know i think a lot of people are running gunning Because they got to be at work by nine o'clock, and so if
3: and it's fine to run and gun, but try to get out of there without ruining the whole farm, right? Yeah,
2: you got to have the acres to play on to really Mm -hmm. be able to put that to work. Yeah,
3: yeah,
1: and I mean, you can run and gun and not get busted and still kill one. You just you're you're I guess playing roulette at that point, right?
3: Right, right. So, well, one thing I want to do before we get off here sounds like you're trying to wrap up. I want to tell our listeners. I'm going to play it on the box call here. I want to I wanna cut, cluck, purr, and then we'll end with a gobble. Okay. Just, just so. And they can hear them all together, yeah. And then, and then I'll just put it all together at the end. Mm-hmm. But to go through it real quick, a yelp is three to four to five. You don't have to count them. Three to five, it's about the rhythm. But three to five yelps, you're basically saying, Hello. Is anyone out there? Can you hear me? Everything's cool over here. Can anybody hear me? You're just, you're reaching out to what you're doing. So that that's going to be just a steady rhythm. Three, four, five yelps right there. Then you've got the cut. A cut's a sharp. Always throw three or four yelps in with it. Uh, if you A cut can be a putt. A putt is a scared call. So you can hear the five-second pause in between there. So when you're cutting, squeeze them in a little closer together. That's an excited. Now you're telling him I'm excited. So an excited cut, always throw yelps in with it. So there's yelping and cutting. Then you've got the cluck. You play that on the back half of the box call. You want your paddle almost closed. And it's a lot deeper and not as loud. The hardest to do on a box call is pern. Basically, you're going to grind the lid. You're going to grind the lid on them. I don't know how that's coming out on this. But a purr is a feeding call. So you're trying to convince this gobbler, again, you're reading his snud. It's straight up and down. It ain't hanging down. He's scared. You're trying to convince him, come on, 10 more yards, step around that bush. It's okay. There's food over here. (laughs) Yeah. I'm feeding. There's no danger. So purring and clucking. So that's a purr. You know, that's great uh, to calm him down. To purr. that's just a little pop with the lid almost closed. So that's kind of what you can do, and then you can gobble on them. But to bring it all together, it sounds something. You know, I wouldn't do this all together. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> and that's how you do it. Pow right in the kisser. <laughs> but, no, there is a lot to it. I mean, what we've covered on this show uh, – Nate, Micah, I can go on for hours and hours and hours. And and Uh, we could go on listening to you. Yeah, It's just, you know, I haven't even touched into the the difference between slate, glass, aluminum, how to clean them, how to condition them. You know, we talked a little bit about that. You know, box calls are the same way. Since we were kind of more on box calls, uh, you know, you need to chalk the paddle. I use orange chalk. Blue chalk works, work. So brown, orange is kind of my favorite. There's not as there isn't any grease in it. Uh, and then you actually have the the, the sound the, the top of the sound part of the box, the soundboard. That is the that is the holy zone right there. You don't want to rub your fingers over. You don't want to oil, grease, dirt on it. I mean you don't touch it. Uh, it is wood. Take Ziploc bags with you in the woods. Keep them clean. Uh, use a sock i take black socks with me i just you know i'll go to walmart and buy black socks all my calls are in black socks my slate and pot calls you know it's a great way to protect them but uh
2: probably keeps them a little quieter too when you're moving around
3: right when they're moving around it kind of keeps them quiet but yeah we can go on for hours you know we haven't even touched the surface but uh
1: i think that from a tips and tactics standpoint I think that listener can get a, a lot from well from what we listened to today. Yeah. And and there's a lot that goes into calls, too, that, yeah, we, we didn't even touch. But um, I will probably listen to this several times now. Oh, definitely. Because <laughs> I'm already thinking of things Scott said earlier that I'm like, no, how did he say that? Because I'm going to do pretty much exactly what you tell me. Try to read the
2: gobbler. <laughs> so if it I goes mean, bad.
3: If it goes <laughs> bad, <laughs> don't, <your> call, <laughs> don't call me. Don't call me. Don't blame me if it went bad.
2: We just need to take him with us. That's just what we call, need to do. We just just be like, call me. Scott. I him. had a guy
3: two years ago call me at 6.30 in the morning. I'm at work. <laughs> hey, I bought a call from you three years ago. You don't know my name, but I'm on a gobbler right now. He, he's giving me play-by-play, play, but I enjoyed I loved it. I, I thought it was cool. Uh, no, About two I, hours later, he killed the bird, you know. Nice. I wasn't on the phone with him that long, but <laughs> – that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. To wrap
1: dumb and dumber right back into this, you know, if I if I'm screwing up. Our pets' heads are falling off.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we hope they do.
1: We hope the we hope the heads fall off this cover. Um Scott, thanks for coming on, man. We really appreciate your your time. Before we jump off, uh tell everybody how they can get a hold of Whooper Custom Calls if they do wanna order a call. Obviously it's by the time they hear this it's gonna be last second and they yeah. might not get one before season. Right. But, um, I'm
3: twelve calls backed up right now. Mm-hmm. So uh with the time I do get it done, yeah, it, I, you know, it depends on what you order, but it, it would be middle of season to the end of the season by the time you got it. But, uh, yeah, Wilper Custom calls on Facebook. Uh, you'll see my phone number there. And, and just, uh, you know, I'm not into the fancy computer stuff. <laughs> I mean, I, I still call it book of faces, face pamphlet, and <laughs> stuff like this. But, yeah, the kids say it's Facebook. Well, then it's Facebook. It's get Facebook. on Facebook, and you'll see my number there. Give me a call and I'll, I'll make you whatever you want to uh, – what you want, you know, big box, pocket rocket, what kind of wood, high pitch, low pitch. Just it's easier for me to talk to somebody and get a feel for what they want.
2: Right. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we're looking at a handful of them right now. And, I mean, they're pieces of art. I mean, it's not like those ones that you go buy off the shelf and stuff like nothing that. Nothing against them. I mean, nothing wrong with them or nothing. But these, I mean, you're buying a – I don't know I mean I don't know how close they are to each one if you make one the exact same or whatnot, but I'm sure they all got a little bit of different to them. and oh I they mean, do. It, yeah, yeah. you know
1: they're not mass produced they're handmade right handmade yeah. right mm-hmm. here.
2: I mean they look awesome,
1: they're awesome calls, so yep, so Scott, thank you again, sir.
3: Oh, I've had fun. I we'll,
1: love it. We'll talk at you later. Give us one more gobble on the way out.
2: <laughs> See ya, <laughs> folks. We are back. We got really excited and so after we put all the stuff up, Scott came up with or he had a trick up his sleeve and he's like, I'm gonna mess with those guys. I'm gonna give them the really good stuff once they stop recording. But luckily we talked him into <laughs> doing it and he's on like, the oh, air. I, I forgot this. <laughs> yeah. So
1: you this is a Missouri Woods and Water First. Yeah. We are coming back on because we got to talking after we stopped recording and Scott did something that I have never I've never even thought to even try to mimic right. and he did it and he had us close our eyes and, and, he painted and that picture <laughs> and tell us what it, you know, actually sounded like. And so Scott, tell us what, what you did and what you're trying to mimic and then we'll have you actually do it. And it, I mean, it sounds just like it.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, on the, uh, all the listeners here, which is a good thing because you know, we're not video. Like I had y'all you close your eyes. So listening this is just, this will work perfect. Uh, you know, in, in the morning, I, I do it throughout the day also, but I have a wing. Uh, it's just a a gobbler I killed. I took a bunch of feathers. I used carbondo, made a handle, but it's kind of my wing. I beat it on my leg. I use it to scratch the leaves. Again, you've got to add realism. You've got to paint a Picasso. You've got to convince this gobbler this is the real deal. So you're putting every paint stroke on this picture you can possibly do. So a wing uh, works real good to scratch the leaves, but also they stretch their they stretch their wings all day long. Just you know, I'll beat this wing on a tree next to me, or limb, or my leg. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, five or six times they're stretching their wings. You're adding realism to the picture. But what we got all excited about before we broke and have to break everything back out here. And I do just this got again. done putting
1: stuff up, and I <laughs> Scott did it, and I said we've got to record that that. That was amazing. Yeah, that sounded because good. Because
3: in, yeah, in the morning, you know, the, the, the crack of light, he's gobbling his head off, and you're trying to paint this Picasso picture for him to, to make him fly your way and come down is realism. Don't be the person that just yelp, yelp, yelp every 20 minutes and hope. I hope it's going to happen. Add some realism to it. So I did this for the fellas here, and they got all pumped up, and so did I. So <laughs> anyway, what I'm doing is – a fly-down cackle. And I do this every single morning, whether I'm on a bird or not. You've got a lot of gobblers that don't gobble. Yeah. I've killed a dozen gobblers that didn't gobble. Came all the way to the gun silent. So it works for them, too. You're adding realism to this picture. So every single morning I do a fly-down cackle, and especially the birds that are hot and bothered in the tree, he will double and triple gobble to this. When a hen is on the limb and she's getting ready to leave, she'll start cutting. It's a sharp cut. Uh, You know, it's kind of a sporadic rhythm. And then when she jumps off the limb in flight, her pace slows down and it gets a little softer before her feet hits the ground. And I take my wing and beat my leg or limb that's next to me as she's coming off the tree down to the ground. And when that gobbler can't see what's going on, and he hears all that. I mean, that is the final stroke on the Picasso. Most of the time can get him to break to come your way. He now he now is positive. He is positive. You are the real deal. You know, from the tree yelp, the soft tree yelp in the morning, to, uh, you know, you let out a couple hard yelps to let him know you're there right before fly down, and then now you're actually laying the fly down cackle on him. So, here it is. Hope hope it comes out good. Yeah. Well, I have no idea how it's going to come out, but it's going to sound good to us. So basically she just flew out, she hit the ground, she lets out two or three yelps once her feet hits the ground to say hey I made it and I don't see any danger. So if you could, I don't know how that's going to come out but that was on a mouth call, here it is on the box call. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that's nice. So that's a fly down cackle, and that that really could be the deal breaker for him to come your way.
1: And you don't need a turkey wing with bondo on the end of it. You can use a bread sack.
3: Yes, a bread sack. <laughs> Scott even two. got a
1: bread sack out and did the same thing. And it <laughs> sounded the exact same. I've yeah. done.
3: I've done put the bread in there. Yes, an old timer, twenty five years ago, told me to get a bread sack. Hold both ends of it, and you you, you kind of close your hands like you're going to clap, and bring them back out, and you can make that bread sack sound just sounds like, just a, like wing. a wing, yeah, just like a wing.
1: Beating. And it did, yeah, it did. Especially when you close your eyes and you try to picture it, it did sound just like yeah. what you would think.
2: I never realized I've heard that sound before, but I didn't. I wasn't even thinking about that, and then I did. I closed my eyes. I heard. I was like, yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like.
3: Yeah, right. And that's adding realism to the situation. So that's amazing. Uh, but you know. And it breaks it down to you know just not a fly down cackle, but just scratching the leaves as you're purring and clucking. You're telling that gobbler everything's safe over here. I'm feeding. Come on in. You know purring and clucking, but scratch the leaves with it. You know.
1: Yeah. So. You you are part of our first ever bonus segment. <laughs> I guess bon- we'll call it. Yeah, I don't. We're know. gonna call it the bonus. <laughs> it's probably our last one we'll ever have. Yeah. But hey, I I we heard that we had to uh, we had to have the listeners hear that that. Yeah, that's a good little tip right there. You know, if you get nothing else from this show, I know we already said it, but Scott is big on you are wanting to paint a picture to that gobbler. This is what I am and make him think there is nothing else that it is. This is, you know, you're not just every 15 minutes clucking and then every 15 minutes clucking after that. You actually make him think this is exactly what I am.
3: Paint, and the paint the picture.
1: It makes a lot of sense, especially if you're a patient hunter that isn't sitting there running around all day. You know, it's, I want to be patient. I want you to come to me, right? And it, right. And it works. Absolutely. So, thanks again. <laughs> that was an awesome bonus. I hope the en- listeners enjoyed it.
3: Just when you think you couldn't totally screw it up anymore, you totally go and redeem yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you go
1: and do something like this.
3: <laughs> this baby gets 50 pounds totally. to a gallon. <laughs> All right. Thanks, listeners. I just had to throw that in there. Thanks, Scott. See you, Appreciate man.
1: Appreciate it. All right. You tried Goblin at the beginning. Now, let's see if you're any better. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No, still just as bad. <laughs> it's still you're silent. a lost call just like me.
2: Yeah. Uh, hope everybody enjoyed that. I, I'm sure they got something out of it. I know I did. Yeah,
1: that was, that was great. I really enjoy sitting down with uh, Scott. Honestly. I'd probably do an episode with him like every other week if I could mm-hmm. on just any topic. I mean, smoking meat. He's smoking trout outside right now. Yeah, that's I mean, right. We, we could really get after it with Scott. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: Well-versed.
1: Yep. So we had a lot of fun with him. Uh, we appreciate him opening his home up to us again. Um, sitting here looking at all the stuff that makes me feel inadequate. <laughs> Not just turkey, but yeah, yeah. Quite a few good deer, some bobcat on the wall. Yeah, lots of good animals. He's got a, he's got a, he knows how to hunt. Yes. Let's just say that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we appreciate him coming on. Um, make sure that if you're if you if you're listening to this now and you're just now thinking about buying a turkey call, you're probably a little late to
2: the game. But,
1: you know, looking into next year. Go um, ahead.
2: I mean, I would still go ahead and give him a call because he yeah. obviously does get backed up. And, you know, it's better to have it, you know, come January or whenever he finishes it. That way you got it next season ready to go.
1: Yeah, and he makes a, a – a plethora of different calls, box sure. calls. There's different sizes, um, you know, slate calls. Uh, he makes a lot of different stuff. So check him out. Wolper Custom calls um, on Facebook. That's the only thing he's got, and I respect that.
2: <laughs> nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yep,
1: no website, nothing, just Facebook and a phone number. And I think he's got Facebook because of his daughter anyway. So um, hopefully we got some more turkey stuff coming up before season starts or I'm during.
2: Sh- I'm sure we can get some. We're still looking about. at
1: stuff, but, um, you know, if not, before season good luck to everybody um i'm gonna try my best to get
2: out there i was talking to my buddies my buddies going up one of my buddies is going up north and stuff and i was talking to another guy that uh good buddy of mine Jacob Swiss gonna like dude we really need to go up north and try to shoot some birds in the face yeah and uh then i got to thinking i'm like my baby is due right when turkey season starts so i don't yeah. know if it's gonna happen or not for me i'm gonna try real hard You know, maybe I can get out a few mornings local or something. And it's similar, not a
1: baby, but it's similar stuff for me. Caden, Kylie, and and Chase are all starting baseball and softball. Yeah. And this time of year goes crazy for me. There's basically a tournament every weekend, and I really don't have solid turkey spots. I'm hoping maybe the one spot we talked about in the episode does show something, but Mm -hmm. who knows, you know. And
2: and that's kind of similar to mine with these new spots. I've had a few pitchers of turkey and one one of the first hunts i did out there i saw a turkey but i don't think they're crawling with turkeys i guess i still i mean i don't know i talked to the landowner the other day he actually sent me a picture he had 14 deer out in the out in the alfalfa already feeding still had antlers on by the way two of them yeah two two little six points and but i was asking about turkeys he said they haven't showed up yet he's like they usually do show up but they he hasn't seen it yeah we're
1: recording this actually you said that um scott's brother and one of my best buddies jeff sent me a picture uh this is march 29th i think the photo was from march 28th or 27th little basket still have both sides on them
2: must have been a good year for everybody yeah as far so, as nutrition goes but
1: so. nonetheless uh good luck to everybody if we don't have anything else before turkey season go kill some thunder chickens and and we'll hop off all right have a good one guys. see ya.